1: LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD.
2: Well, hello and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 305 of Linux in the Ham Shack. We have with us tonight on the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet the usual cast of characters and we will be doing our short topic episode tonight so i guess we should just knuckle down and go do it so i'm russ k5tux
0: i'm cheryl w 5 moo
2: and i'm bill any4rd all right so let's talk about some topics i found <laughs> this one i don't know i i have a lot of text here um i'm gonna try and get through it <laughs> yeah so much for I, a short topic show yeah, well <laughs> exactly. i thought this was interesting it's definitely a potential security concern as as most of these things are but i did cut this article down considerably from the original and it's so. still
0: a novel <laughs> it's <so>. still long. <laughs>
2: let's see how we get through this one uh it says amazon is quietly learning the locations of everything Amazon's Sidewalk Wireless Protocol and Apple's U1 chip, which allows precise indoor positional tracking via the latest iPhones and will power, at the very least, directional airdrop file sharing, show they have, they have embarked on similar missions to extend their control of their customers' connectivity in and around the home. Sidewalk, which operates on the 900 megahertz band typically used for amateur radio and emergency services, thus why it's here, and Apple's close-range ultra-wideband positioning with the U1 are designed to get Amazon out of the home and Apple inside it. Ooh, Apple in your home. Or at least give each company more power in their respective weak areas. Many a promising Internet of Things protocol has vowed to fill the gaps between Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and cellular, but failed to get off the ground. Most recently, Thread, which is backed by a consortium, including Google, Qualcomm, and Samsung, both Amazon and Apple have the hardware scale, though, to build up the base of access points needed to create a useful network before reaching out to most likely iOS developers, in Apple's case, and hardware makers already on board with Alexa, in Amazon's case. The muted introduction in Amazon's recent Echo event could be due to a privacy-focused tech lash of recent years. Both companies are treading carefully in the launch stages. Just look at how Amazon's acquisition of mesh networking company Eero received earlier this year, or the widespread interest in Huawei's level of involvement with 5G networks. It's possible that each of these experiments could fizzle out after one or two concepts that don't catch on, but more than likely these two long-term projects, close range for Apple, intermediate for Amazon, could help to define how each company attempts to join up hardware and services over the next decade. So again, short version. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It was interesting. So, um, yeah, I did run across that article myself
3: the other day, too. I kind of just glanced over it, and I was like, yeah, well, you know, they just released, what, like 20-some-odd devices? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they're going to put an Echo in everything. Get an Echo for your car now and stuff like that, so you have one more thing to yell at in your car? Well, well yeah, yeah. Of
2: course, they've already done that, so... <laughs> Hey, Alexa. <laughs> uh, luckily, we have headphones on, so you can't do that to us. <laughs> that was for everybody else's, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah exactly. right. Everybody's <laughs> house is going, oh, no, man. What's yeah. That?
3: Hey, Alexa, order a 48-pack of large diapers. <laughs> Confirm <laughs> what? purchase. <laughs> what is it when everyone wants to hack Alexa? They want to order diapers. That's like... I hey, don't know. It's <laughs> a, <laughs> you can give it to somebody if they actually ordered it.
0: <laughs> well, you, you
3: Donate it to a charity.
0: You heard of the, the like, Parrot or Macar or something that ordered a whole bunch of stuff, right?
3: Oh yeah, yeah, I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> pretty sure that was fake, but whatever.
0: Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty sure the dogs try to order dog biscuits all the time. So Yeah.
3: Yeah, if they had like the push button, right? Cuz they got rid of all the the dash buttons now. Yeah. So like you can't get those anymore. And I'm not sure if they're still enabled or not, but yeah, I could just imagine my kids like, you know, pressing buttons. Yeah, we need, uh, you know, more Cheerios. Cheerios, <laughs> <Yeah>. Cheerios, Cheerios.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I was I was a little concerned about those buttons anyway. I was just like, oh, uh, yeah. do you need this? Yeah.
3: yeah, I'm bad enough on the Amazon app, you know, accidentally hitting the, uh, you know, buy now. And it's like, oh, wait, I meant to just add it to my cart for later. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was still have, thinking of
2: that purchase. <laughs> we don't have buy now set up, so. Oh, one-click purchase? Yeah. Oh, I don't have it set up on my account. Apparently, it, you it, have it set up no, on yours. No, it
0: comes up on every... Like yeah, if you you're, can. if you're looking at like say a computer you have a choice of add to cart and the button right below it is buy it oh, now
2: i don't have we don't have it set up through the echo
3: though
0: oh no 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 no, no. oh okay so. yeah yeah
3: well that's good because then yes. you will not have to worry about some random parrot
2: coming to your house and ordering, ordering a bunch of yeah, you know crap. peanuts diapers. or something right <laughs> diapers <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Right. well it's interesting i mean again this is one of those technologies that is clearly going to have a use but how much do you want to give up to amazon so we'll figure that out i guess at some point all right so we'll skip down from our lead topic and get into some amateur radio stuff and who wants to hit the first one bill hit the first one
3: sure we have the uh, french meta association holds first meeting the uh, inter-association radio amateur group held its first meeting on sunday september 22nd in paris with the members of F N R A S E C, SEC, sorry, <laughs> AMSAT, REF, URC, FFBRA, and VE France, or sorry, VE France, and D R at F. I have no idea what all these are. I, I don't know, <laughs> know the either. So yeah, the atmosphere of the event was reported to be very friendly. Um, OK, <laughs> several how friendly, no. <laughs> several but themes, that friendly. It's in France, you know, <laughs> it's in France. Oui, <laughs> oui, 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 mon chéri, voulez-vous coucher <laughs> avec moi ce soir? <laughs> 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 several-, <laughs> several themes emerged, including uh, community service training and exams, internal and external communication and regulations. A uh, future meeting is scheduled for October 13th in Paris to finalize the roadmaps for groups to be formed around these themes. The URC has responded favorably to the invitation to the Ham Expo expedition in Le Mans and will be present and will be present an opportunity to meet and discuss the future of amateur radio in France. And that's brought to us by some source. That's in, in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, the source
2: will be in the show notes. I forgot to cite the actual source. I think this yeah. might have been a Southgate. So.
3: Could be. I'm just clicking the link now.
2: It links oh, to no, URC News. So uh, URC News. Damn it. It opened up inside the browser. <laughs> you blew up your stuff. It sounds like Cheryl's stuff, doing man. the next one. <laughs> oh, sure. Cheryl doing the next one? Okay. Well, Cheryl can do the next one then.
0: All righty then. So our next story is radio station WWV to celebrate its centennial. The radio station is best known for the broadcast of the national time standard, the atomic clock, which is closely synchronized with universal coordinated time. WWV also provides frequency standards for radio communications as well as other services. Amateur radio operators have used WWV as a standard for radio and frequency calibration since its inception in 1919. The National Bureau of Standards will hold a special 100th anniversary recognition ceremony and reception on Tuesday, October 1st, 2019, at radio station WWV, with talks at 10 a.m. and tours of the station to follow. The public is invited to participate, but space is very limited. For more information about the special event amateur radio station WW0WWV and about WWV in general, Please visit wwv 100com And the story came from North K News.
2: Yeah, there are several Colorado publications that uh mention the WWV since it's there, there
0: right. <laughs>
2: yeah, Fort Collins, right? Or is that Boulder? Uh, it's near Fort Collins, it's not in Fort Collins, but it's in Yeah, there I, think it's,
3: I think it's closer to Boulder or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's it's sort of like the middle of Yeah. <laughs> yeah somewhere in between the two i think uh the nist office is in boulder if i remember correctly
2: yeah so as it happens i got a contact uh 30 meter ft8 contact with ww0wwv today so we'll cool. try to get him on some other mode because ft8 feels like cheating honestly <laughs> <laughs> it is. No. <laughs> That's not a real ham radio. Again, yeah, you and the not real ham radio. <laughs> well, if you would do any ham radio at all, I guess I, God, I people- know. <laughs> I know.
3: I know. I'm 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 Jonesing to be on the radio too. I'm like, oh, I gotta. You know,
2: if I could only move
3: all these antennas out
2: of my way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So moving on, we have one more in the amateur radio world, and that is the ACMA reinstates USA license and exam reciprocity. Uh, the ACMA contacted the WIA on 23rd September 2019 to advise them that they're reinstating the reciprocal arrangement for U.S. license holders. The reinstatement follows a period of suspension of reciprocity precipitated by a complainant objecting to the grant of VK licenses. So a whole lot of multi-syllable words in that. <laughs> uh, the <laughs> wia believes the, that irrespective of the motivations of the complainant to raise their objections the impact of the suspension was only to increase barriers to entry to amateur radio in australia and was most unhelpful hence the wia is pleased that this restriction has been now lifted note the reciprocal license is valid only for 12 months from issue and the ACMA advised it cannot be renewed or extended unless the recipient passes the local regulations examination. And there's background on all of this <laughs> that I didn't put in there. It must be on the website. Must be on the link <laughs> in the show notes. So check it out.
3: Yeah. So if you get your U.S. license and you're not licensed in the in the VK land of Australia, um, yeah, go get your. Reciprocal license and then study for, uh I guess, the foundation exams over there. And I think they just redid all that too. To yeah, they just redid all it easier. that too.
2: So, and I believe we have a story about what they've done somewhere.
3: Oh, <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, further on down the log here. So yep.
2: we're going right. to hear about it again. Yeah, you're going to hear all about Australia, which is fine. Australia is cool. I'd love to go there sometime. Okay. What's the ACMA anyway? Australian something, something, something. Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay, cool. So that would be the ass, the a s s s. All right, moving on, moving on to open source. Let's talk about it's the source.
3: Australian Communications and Media Authority. Ah, so there, we there go. you go. Yeah, sorry, it's very <laughs> good to put that in
2: there. <laughs> so, Bill, talking about some open source.
3: Yeah, so we're talking about NASA. NASA Space Apps Challenge coming soon. We should probably also mention that uh, Hacktoberfest is right around the corner, too, uh, on DigitalOcean. I forgot to put that in here.
2: We can mention it on the next episode or something.
3: Yeah. Yeah, we can do that then because it'll be Hacktoberfest. It'll be
2: Hacktoberfest.
3: Yeah. Anyway, so NASA's International Space Apps Challenge has become the world's largest global hackathon, engaging thousands of citizens across the globe to use NASA's open data to build innovative solutions to challenges we face on Earth and in space. Space Apps 2019 will take place October 18th through the 20th, uh, 2019. Uh, coincidentally, same weekend as Joda. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> teams of technologists, scientists, designers, entrepreneurs, artists, and other collaborative, uh, others collaborate to answer some of humanity's biggest challenges. With the help of NASA's global organi- organizing team, hundreds of local leads around the world host events in a 48-hour sprint in which their participants hack solutions to challenges that NASA proposes creating games, smartphone, and computer apps, videos, teaching tools, and much more. And that was brought to us by Southgate ARC, and we have some additional links in there as well that probably go
2: to NASA. I believe there's definitely some information in those links to some of the challenges and sprints that are going to be coming up with that event. All right, so let's see. This next one's a long one. i should us you all read it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fine i guess it means i get to read it <clears throat> i get to read all the long stuff tonight good there you go okay well here we go oh you guys are complaining about the lead story this one's longer <laughs> <laughs> i did shorten it <laughs> yeah yeah i'm sure you did uh deep mind quietly open source three new impressive reinforcement learning frameworks lots uh, of big words again here we go deep reinforcement learning drl has been at the center of some of the biggest breakthroughs of artificial intelligence (AI). In the last few years, however, despite all its progress, DRL methods remain incredibly difficult to apply in mainstream solutions, given the lack of tooling and libraries. Consequently, DRL remains mostly a research activity that hasn't seen a lot of adoption into real-world machine learning solutions. Addressing that problem requires better tools and frameworks. Among the current generation of artificial intelligence leaders, DeepMind stands alone as the company that has done the most to advance DRL research and development. Recently, the Alphabet subsidiary has been releasing a series of new open-source technologies that can help to streamline the adoption of DRL methods. OpenSpiel is a collection of environments and algorithms for research in general reinforcement learning and search-slash-planning in games. The purpose of OpenSpiel is to promote general multi-agent reinforcement learning across many different game types in a similar way as general game playing, but with a heavy emphasis on learning. And not in competition form. The current version of OpenSpiel contains implementations of over twenty different games of various sorts: perfect information, simultaneous move, imper- imperfect information, grid world games, an auction game, and several normal form and matrix games. Okay, Bill, explain all that.
3: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it was very interesting. This is one of the one of the feeds I follow <laughs> because of data science. So yeah. it's uh, it's always interesting to see this stuff.
2: Uh, further, there's Sprite World, which is a Python-based RL environment that consists of a two-dimensional arena with simple shapes that can be moved freely. More specifically, Sprite World is a two-dimensional square arena with a variable number of colored sprites, freely placed and rendered with occlusion but no collisions. And then there's the Behavior Suite for reinforcement learning, the B Suite. Attempt to be MNIST, MNIST, MNIST <laughs> of reinforcement learning. Specifically, B-Suite is a collection of experiments designed to highlight key aspects of agent scalability. These experiments embody fundamental issues such as exploration or memory in a way that can be easily tested and iterated. This comes from KD Nuggets. So Bill's going to tell us all about everything we just learned. <laughs> it's all coming to
3: take over the world. <laughs> AI will ruin everything. I think and AI was some of the thing
2: tools. I understood about that whole article.
3: Nope. <laughs> yeah yeah this is definitely one of those things that i wanted to look at in in, in, in deeper detail myself um, but i haven't had time to actually look at it since i pasted this in here this morning <laughs> but uh yeah yeah it's uh the the study of all this stuff is is exploding at uh at an exponential rate so uh if you're if you want to learn about data science and 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 get into you know artificial intelligence and stuff like that i mean katie nuggets is a great little uh uh location to find a a curated list of uh, interesting articles that will consume lots of time (laughs) if you really want to get into it
2: everything consumes an awful lot of time these days it seems Uh, i know i have very little time to do anything anymore but let's come back to something we all understand and that's a new release of ubuntu Woohoo! yeah and yeah okay so uh, flash it's a flash yeah. topic
3: yeah so ubuntu 19.10 eon Ermine, <laughs> whatever beta was released uh the ubuntu team is pleased to announce the pre or the beta pre-release of the ubuntu 19.10 desktop server and cloud products codename eon ermine i'm probably saying that completely wrong but whatever i think 19.10 it's, uh, Ewan ermine Ewan Erman, I oh, was close. There you go.
2: Uh, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm guessing just like you are. So oh, okay. Well, there you go. That's always right. Uh, continues.
3: Continues. Uh, continues. Ubuntu's proud tradition of integrating the latest and greatest open source technologies into a high quality, easy to use Linux distribution. The team has been hard at work through this cycle, introducing new features and fixing bugs. The beta release includes images from not only the Ubuntu desktop, server, and cloud products, but also the uh, the various flavors: Kubuntu, Lubuntu, Ubuntu Budgie. Uh Ubuntu Kilan. Kailen? Kailan? Yes, yeah, sure, or whatever. Uh, Ubuntu Mate, Ubuntu Studio, and Zubuntu Flavors. The beta images are known to be reasonably free of showstopper uh, CD build or installer bugs while representing a very recent snapshot of nineteen ten that should be a representative of the future features intended to ship with a final release expected to be on October seventeenth. So uh yeah. Right yeah. before Joda. So you, right before you, JODA, yeah, one more yeah. time we'll say right before JODA coming <laughs> up in just three weeks. And of course it includes the uh Linux kernel 5.3 and much, much, much more. Much more. And and you're already enjoying one of the uh one of the things that was is, is going to be available to, I think, most of the desktops, which is the uh the fractional scaling for high DPI screens.
2: Yes. That that has been an experimental feature since nineteen oh four, which is the current version. Um is it gonna I know it's available in Wayland and Xorg or the X server, but getting to it at least configuration wise, I was I've dug up that it's only available in GNOME, so I don't know about other desktop environments. Or maybe there's think, some way to tweak it at the at a more fundamental level.
3: Yeah, I think they're working on like uh being able to expose that in all the little, you know, like Mate settings configurer and stuff like that, so it's easier for people to do it. I know Mate has been hard at work on the high DPI stuff uh, for quite a while, um, but uh, I have not actually loaded 1910 on anything to actually see what the base install looks like to see if they have all those extra features. But I know I've heard much, much talk about all of that high DPI stuff, so hopefully they're getting it close to being solved so it's uh, as easy to use as you know the other two operating systems that we always talk about.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I'm I'm using. We don't have high DPI screens here, but we do have um, FHD screens on our little laptops. So I'm actually using fractional scaling on those. It does help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I have that uh, little 14 inch 4K screen that
3: <laughs> is is too big when it's 200 percent and too small when it's 100 percent. Right. So I'm I'm looking for like a 150 or 175. So uh, so I'm gonna eventually try it. I, I meant to try it earlier, but uh, I I did not have time. I was too busy doing other stuff. Oh my god.
2: Yeah, and ours we're using 125%. and It makes everything look perfect. So <laughs> awesome. All right, very good. So moving on from our uh open source topics, we'll talk about Linux in the Ham Shack, and we're gonna come back around to Australia first and talk about the Australian Amateur Radio Foundation license changes which uh, actually mentions the ACMA something we just <laughs> learned about uh the ASSS yeah uh, the ACMA has published changes to the amateur license conditions in effect from September 21st the chief changes are as follows all restrictions on emission modes have been removed for all licensees restrictions on bandwidths uh, widths have been removed for all licensees across all bands allowed for each grade of license uh this did not affect a couple of bands that were not accessible to foundation licensees. So I just left that part out. Uh, the impact of these two changes is that now all licensees are now available to use, are now available to use any transmission mode, including those not yet invented. Wow. How do you use one that's not invented yet? I want that mode. Yeah. I want that mode too. Uh, provided the transmission remote is wholly within the band being used. Well, doesn't that, doesn't the transmission have to be (laughs) within the band anyway? I mean, isn't that like, in theory. In theory, yeah. Yeah. Foundation operators can now build and use their own transmitters and transceivers. Seems like a weird thing to limit people from doing, but I, I guess I kind of understand with the whole type acceptance thing. Uh, they can operate their rig using computer control and automatic modes like Whisper, which seems like a huge drawback or a formerly huge drawback to the Foundation license. And explore the wonderful world of digital, even more so... Once the This is what brings us around to <laughs> Linux in the ham shack. Uh, once the seven-character call sign issue is addressed, which, I, well, anyway, further foundation operators <laughs> can allow unlicensed buddies to use their stations while the licensee is present in the shack. The DMR network has quickly responded to enable foundation operators to get their ID, and FT8 has been getting a hammering on various bands uh, from the day the ACMA announcement hit the website. FTA ft does not allow currently seven character call signs. i'm betting that's going to change very soon so
3: yeah expect a new ga release soon
2: so there you go uh that comes from the wia directly so I think we'll be in the show notes. all right we got one more topic to cover and this this is actually sort of a semi-old top, uh, topic of discussion, but there's some new life in here, and we've never mentioned it that I can recall. So let's talk about
3: it. Yeah, Kerbos SDR. To say that RTL-SDR project revolutionized hackers' capabilities in the RF spectrum would be something of an understatement. That being said, RTL-SDR is currently, uh, usually, sorry, usually considered... An economy ticket to the world of RF, but Kerbos SDR may change the perception of RTL SDR derived hardware. Combining four R820T2 SDRs on a custom design board, it allows for a low cost access to high concept technologies such as radio direction finding, passive radar, and beam forming. If you get bored with that, you can always just use it as you would Four separate RTL-SDR dongles, perfect for applications that require monitoring multiple frequencies, such as receiving trunked radio. Uh, CurbOS-SDR, formerly Hydra-SDR, is a collaborative effort between the other net engineering team and folks over at rtl That's a lot of RTL-SDR. <clears throat> Who put out the call for an experienced developer to come on board specifically for this project. As for the hardware, it's a combination of the RTL-SDR radios with an onboard GPIO controller, wideband noise source for calibration, as well as an integrated USB hub. So it only takes up one port. Everything is wrapped up in a shielded metal enclosure, and the team is currently experimenting with a header on the Kerbos SDR PCB that would let you plug it directly into a Raspberry Pi or a Tinkerboard. And this looks like it came up from Hackaday.
2: It did come from Acadet, and I put a link to the original Indiegogo project, which I think finished up uh, late last year. So, Yeah, that looks pretty slick. Yeah, so this is a Kerberos SDR. It actually um, looks like a kind of a neat project. I don't think I'd be interested in doing things like passive radar, direction finding, or beam forming, but uh, just being able to monitor four frequencies at once would be kind of cool. <laughs> so I didn't actually look to see how much these were going to be, but yeah, you can just check out the Indiegogo. The- the Indiegogo
3: is loading as we speak, and it is, it is, oh my gosh, it's already funded uh, by uh, 1,461 backers at $201,000 of backing. Everything is sold out, but had you have actually gotten here, you would have gotten an early bird for $99, a second early bird for 115 and then the retail product for $150. Uh, so I would assume that the retail is going to be probably somewhere around 150 once it finally hits the street.
2: I believe it may be on the street. Like I said, I think the Indiegogo oh. is uh, kind of old, but, uh, but this oh, is this recent. is from last year. Yeah, that's from last year. And, ah, but there has been there's some recent articles about people doing stuff with these. Um, so I think they're in the wild now. Oh, okay. Well, this is obviously something I've missed. Yeah, uh, that's why it's in here, even though it's kind of old, because I, I missed it too. So. Interesting.
3: <laughs> Cause I have like an RTL SDR, but I don't
2: have a four gang. <laughs> RTL yes. I SDR. also have an RTL SDR, but I do not have a Kerberos SDR.
3: Yeah. Fine. I'm like, I'm sad now. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> this looks neat. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, one SDR is uh one RTL SDR is kind of weak by itself. I mean, it just does one, right. um, but yeah, having four, that, that's pretty slick. I guess I kind of avoid you having to have some fancy, uh, oh there you go someone rich just posted a link to the product it's 149.95 over available on the other net site so uh yeah looks like you can uh, get it there thanks
2: a lot rich for being a part of us yeah that's rich our former co-host rich k0eb and uh he uh, he uh, included a picture of it which shows the um what what are those connectors i can never remember like sca sma or sma that's it yeah yeah. Uh, You can see the box with the four SMA ports, so you can connect the four different antennas if you need to do a direction finding setup or something like that or just want to, uh, you know, plug in four SDRs through one USB port, which is very cool, actually. And, so, and also they have apps on your phone that you can use with it and everything else. Yep. Sweet. All right. So everybody's going to go run out and buy a Kerberos SDR now. There you go
3: go 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 run run
2: <laughs> all right so that brings us down to the end of the program and cheryl had to step out so i'm gonna do the social media roundup for her but i'm sure we'll get her back in here for the next time we record whenever that is <laughs>
3: yeah don't even know when that is yeah who
2: knows? <laughs> we'll, we'll record sometime and she'll be here so yeah but I'm going to quickly run down through the social media roundup, and we'll talk about our Patreons, who are Erno Casatlos, Randolph Smith, David Jaquay, Doug Redder, Stephen Harp, Andy Webster, Pete Caffrey, Cubicle Nate, Darren King, Donald Gover, John Spriggs, Jonas Rulo, Paul Griffith, Robert Pitts, Sammy Vibes, Steve Metcalf, Steve Sander, and William Heckelman, And then we have subscriptions from Jim McKenzie, Michael Brydak. Fred Cole, Randolph Smith, Kevin Ivey, Bill Collins, Tony Kerberly, James Lewis, Jeff Zerman, Steve Hepler, Michael Joplin, Todd Bowers, Thor Wigman, Charlie Brown, Wayne Carpenter, Bill Beoder, Darren King, Dylan Engel, Alan Wilson, John Clark, Robert Halliday, Brian Smith, Johnny Kinsey, Ronald Ikey, Robert Yerkey, Michael and Jerry Hall, Jeremy Hall, not Jerry, Jeremy Hall. <laughs> uh, on Facebook, we had a follow from Leonard Padin, or Payden. On Twitter, we have Mark D. Robinson and Novexcom1. And on YouTube, we have Victor Benny, David Garcia, KD2BNT. I think we might have mentioned those two already, but it's okay. We have Steve Palmer, Nicola O'Connor, Tim Vaught, Rich Egan, Joseph Griffin, GV Mark PIO. It's rather an interesting YouTube handle there and John7748. Nobody joined up on the mailing list and luckily no one has unsubscribed from the mailing list. Um, since I started sending out, <laughs> uh, episode announcements. And we not have any merchandise sales. Yeah, the
3: GV Mark is Glen Valenta uh, Memorial Amateur Radio Club. Ah. So they have their own, own Twitter handle. Oh,
2: ah, very cool. Um, And Dan in the chat room says, I heard about that. It's not just baller. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's great for doing synthetic aperture radar experiments and direction finding. So, cool. And, again, it's just a uh, single port multi board r t l s d r if you just want to be pedantic about it or not pedantic about it um uh what's the word I'm looking for um what's the word for something common uh, <laughs> begins with a p uh not not plebeian the other one pedestrian pedestrian pedestrian, yeah. pedestrian <laughs> <laughs> it would come to me eventually I knew <laughs> using these big college words yes, using pedestrian and not the way that most people use it <laughs> um all right. Well that brings us down to the end of the show. So we should probably check in the chat room and see who's in there. Uh I know we have Dan, KF5TQN. We also have Rich, K zero E B. Uh we had Techie Geek in there as well. Uh was there anybody else anybody noticed? I'm looking. What's copy there? Lion was there earlier. Copy Lion, yeah. Anyone else? Any waved uh, hands? I didn't see Ted in there, so but we'll somehow mention him anyway. Um we're missing all the Dons. All the Dons are missing. Everybody go.
3: <laughs> yeah, the Dons are here. Don was, uh, YSI was here earlier today.
2: Yeah. I haven't seen ZMY in a while, but anyway. So that's it. I want to say thank you to everybody for tuning into the program. And, oh, there's Ted.
3: <laughs> yeah. So if you didn't notice, uh, might as well add this as well. In Discord, I did turn off the joins and parts from, uh from, uh, uh, Surprisingly, IRC. I,
2: I did not notice that. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. I turned it off because it was getting kind of chatty during the day when nothing else was going on. I know people had uh, kind of complained a little bit about that. One of the second bot just for parts and joins. And I'm like, nah, I'll just turn them off. <laughs> I, yeah. was, I was in there one day and there was a lot of net splits going on in the IRC. So we were getting a lot of people joining part, joining part, joining part, joining part. And I was like, okay, time for this to go.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, that's good. It actually cleaned things up a little bit. So can't, can't argue with that.
3: So if you're not on our Discord, join now. Come on over.
2: Yeah, we got uh,
3: a bunch of people in there. We have uh,
2: 99
3: offline right now, 15 online. Actually, 15 plus four plus uh, yeah, so we got about 21 online. So yeah, it's like 120 people on our Discord right now. So yes, make
2: that more. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Yeah. Yeah. Dan um, or Rich was saying that plebeian is like pedestrian and yes yes i i I said plebeian but that's not the word i was looking for (laughs) oh and we also have jim yeah look at that japan 7j1 ajh so everyone's crawling out of the woodwork as we're trying to wrap up the episode they want to make it longer (laughs) 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 all right and cheryl's back too how about that so you you got back just in time to uh sign (laughs) up oh that's okay all right. So with that, we are going to close down this episode so we can all go about our business and then we'll, uh, come back at you the next time around with our weekender episode. So that should be fun. Tune in for that. And then we have, a uh, we've got a really good, uh, deep dive in the can for next Monday. So you'll want to tune in for that too. We'll, we'll get a little more information about that when we release the next episode. So with that, We are going to end episode number 305 of Linux in the Ham Shack. This is Russ, K5TUX.
0: I'm Cheryl, W5MOO.
3: And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. 73.
1: You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com-lhspodcast or by using the Contribute link on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is #lhspodcast on the Freeload network and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.com. Info, stroke, Discord. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at one nine zero nine lhs show. That's one nine zero nine five four seven seven four six nine. Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise.